Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This week, I want to talk about fear and how to defeat it. So God has had this on my heart a lot recently, and I had shared a video recently talking about fear and how fear is a thief. There is a fear that destroys. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, appropriate fears. You know, we should not jump off a cliff. That's wisdom. (laughs) So someone might have a fear of that, but you know, that's not really a fear, that's wisdom. Fear in the Bible says that it involves torment. So fear is something that can cause us to lose things. Fear gets in and messes with our minds. There is a verse that actually says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So it says in the Bible that fear is a spirit and God has not given it to us, which means fear is a demonic spirit. In the live that I had done recently, just a video discussing fear, I talked about how, you know, in the ancient Greek mythology days, you have all of these stories of fortune tellers telling people these things and then those exact things coming to pass. But here's the thing, it's the fear of what they said happening that actually caused those things to come to pass. You see, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. We have to move and and walk in faith and love. As long as we walk in faith and love, we're walking in God's will for our life. We're walking in the things that God has for us. But when we let fear take the wheel, it immediately steers us off course. So we know that biblically, fortune tellers are not of God. Prophets? Yes, prophets are of God. But prophets prophesy only what God tells them. And generally, that's not doom and gloom unless it's a warning. There are times in the Bible that God warns people to change their behavior or they will face a consequence. But otherwise, it's not an indefinite. God alone knows the future. So fortune tellers are of the enemy. And people who are trying to tell you what your future may or may not be, are also of the enemy unless it is a prophetic word from God himself. And you have to be able to test the spirits. We have talked about that in the past. So that's just an aside. But going back to fortune tellers, I want to use an example here. Fear often tells people to avoid certain things because what if I do that and then I mess it up and I lose it? What if I do that and I lose it? I experience the situation and then I mess up. Fear causes destruction. Fear is destructive. So let's look at this example of Oedipus in Greek mythology. Fortune teller came, told Oedipus's parents that their son was going to murder his father and marry his mother. Well, they were so horrified and so afraid at this doom and gloom word spoken over them, which by the way, that was a word curse. So that's a whole other thing. We don't accept word curses. We renounce them. We rebuke them. We do not agree with them. 
and we break them off. But that's what the fortune teller said. The fortune teller essentially spoke a word curse. Now, what happened when that word curse was spoken? They reacted in fear. So what did they do in fear? Now, here's the interesting thing. Fear is a liar. Fear tries to steer us off course, right? Fear tries to steer us off of God's path for our lives. Now, you might think looking at Oedipus that, well, the fortune teller was right. They had every right to be afraid. But in truth, it was the fear that made what they feared come to pass. It was the fear. I'm going to repeat this because this is, this is the key here. It was the fear that lied to them, that caused them to act out of fear, that caused them to experience the very thing that they were afraid of. The fear caused the thing that they were afraid of to come to pass. You see, when we walk in fear, when we act out of fear, and sometimes it's not conscious, sometimes there are internal fears that we haven't even fully looked at. But when fear starts taking the wheel, and when fear starts changing the way you respond to situations, opportunities, and people in your life, well, then fear takes the wheel. And fear actually brings the fear to pass. When we walk in faith, we can tell fear to shut up. And we can walk in God's will for us. So in the case of Oedipus, his parents heard this horrible word curse. And they immediately were afraid. So what did they do? They took their baby boy. They injured him. This is why he was called Oedipus. It meant swollen foot or injured foot. They basically put him in a, a trap, hurt his foot, and left him up on a mountain to die. So this person's word curse, this fortune teller, who is obviously not from God, tells them that their son could do this. So their response is to try to kill their child, to leave their child for dead. But someone had compassion on this baby and they couldn't leave this baby to die. So this baby was taken by a peasant family and raised in a totally different space and place. Now here's the thing. If they had raised their child, if they had not allowed that fear to lie to them, they believed the fear instead of the truth. They believed that the fear was greater than the love that they had for their child. They believed that the fear, what that person had cursed them with, that word curse over them, that fear was greater than the good things that God had for them, right? So if they had raised Oedipus as their child and loved him, he would have known who his parents were. He could have loved his parents and he likely never ever, ever would have turned against them or married his mother. I mean, that's very sick and twisted, right? But here's where it gets crazy. He was left for dead instead because they let this fear drive them. And because he was left for dead, he was raised by someone from a totally different land. And as a result, he thought those were his parents. He had no idea where he came from. And he ended up in a battle with the king, his actual father not having a clue that it was his actual father, he ends up killing him in battle because he was raised by someone from an opposing land. And not knowing that his mother is his mother, he sees his mother abandoned because he killed the king and he marries his mother. Now neither his mother nor him knew 
They didn't know that he was her son. In fact, this ends in mega tragedy because when he finds out the truth, he gouges out his own eyes. He can't even stand himself because he can't believe that he would have slept with his own mother or killed his father. So their child had an innate goodness in his heart. But fear, that foul spirit, lied to them. And in acting out of fear, the very fear that they had came to pass. That's what fear does. Fear is destructive. Fear does not protect us. Fear actually causes unhealthy things to happen. So I want to read a little um, piece of my book, actually. I'm just going to read this chapter called Walls of Fear. It's from my book, Learning to Believe Again, 30 Days to Finding Hope, Faith, and Comfort in God's Truth. And this is from day nine. Have you ever felt like no matter what you did, you just kept hitting a wall in your life? Have you ever felt like your dream or healing in a situation was over a barrier that you just couldn't seem to break through? I'm sure we all have things in our lives that seem impossible. I'm sure we all have challenges in lives that, and in life that feel like major barriers. But how many of those barriers are imaginary? How many of those walls exist solely in our minds? God says in Matthew 17, 20, that if we have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. If we can move a mountain with our faith, then surely we can tear down a wall. Many of the walls that exist in our lives are nothing but fears, piled up brick by brick and cemented together with the lies we believe about ourselves. Our fears can pile up so high that it becomes like a castle wall, making a clear path seem blocked, when in reality, it's open for us to walk through. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. We have power through Jesus Christ to tear down walls and move mountains. Sometimes we have to embrace our power, step out in faith, and just do what terrifies us. We have to consciously remove those bricks of fear and start making holes in the walls we've created. The beauty is that even one brick removed compromises the wall, giving you a view of the other side and bringing the barrier that much closer to crashing down. Sometimes we just have to make one right decision at a time, take one chance at a time, until we've removed so many bricks of fear from the wall that it comes crumbling down and disappears, and we see clearly for the first time that it was never there at all. If we can't slay the dragons in our minds, we'll never slay the dragons in our physical lives. Let's start removing bricks and bring imaginary walls crashing down. There is freedom beyond fear. Freedom beyond the imaginary barriers we create in our minds. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8.32 Let's claim that freedom now. In Jesus' name, it is in freedom, after all, that God intended us to live our lives. So that's from my book, Learning to Believe Again, Day 9, Walls of Fear. Fear does become like a wall. The very things that we want are often the things that we could be afraid of losing. And who knows what caused that original fear? 
Maybe you've been through loss in your life and there's a fear of loss that crept into that place because that wasn't fully healed. Maybe you've experienced rejection or abandonment at a point in your life and in not fully processing and healing from those things and really believing God's truth in your life over those things, a fear of abandonment or a fear of rejection crept in. But here's the crazy thing. I know we all know at least one person that has avoided moving forward in a relationship because they were afraid of loss. But that fear kept them from having it in the first place. The very thing they are afraid of losing, they lose automatically if they don't try. The same goes for an opportunity. Maybe you relate to these for yourself or maybe you know someone who you've seen this happen to. An opportunity comes in. A beautiful opportunity, but there's a fear that they won't be good enough or they will mess it up, so they give up the opportunity. And that opportunity was theirs. You know, maybe they could have messed it up and maybe they could have made it right, but not doing it, they automatically forfeit the chance. So the very thing that they're afraid of is the very thing that happens in the avoidance of fear. So this episode is about defeating fear and how we have to face fear head on. I've had to do this in my life. We know that fear is a spirit. You know, it says in the Bible at least 365 times. I think it might actually be more than that. It says, do not fear. God commands us, do not fear. Now, why do you think he would have to say it that many times? Because he knew that every single human being that walked the face of the earth would deal with fear at some point in their lives. They would deal with fear that tried to come and destroy. And God did not want his people to be held back, barricaded, enslaved, or, or kept from their purpose and his plans for their lives by fear. He knows that fear is destructive. In 2 Timothy, it describes it as a spirit of fear. And it says that's not what God gave us. What did he give us? He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. In 1 John 4.18, it says, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced God's perfect love. So fear, fear involves torment. That's another translation of that verse. It says fear involves torment. God does not torment us. The enemy does. And the enemy torments us with lies and fear. Fear is, is a lie to try to keep us from God's best for us. And here's the thing. The enemy uses fear because if, if the enemy can get us to agree with the lies, then we forfeit it ourselves. The enemy can't take anything from us. God has promised us a future and a hope. He has promised to prosper us. God has promised us good things and blessings when we walk with him. The enemy is the one that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10, Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. God desires for us to have an abundant life free of fear. God desires for us to have an abundant life where we do not have to deal with tormenting fear. God desires for us to have an abundant life and he commands us to not fear because he knows that fear gets in the way of the abundant life he has for us. 
So we have to face those things head on. In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Just let that sink in. God himself goes ahead of you. He will not fail you. He will not abandon you. 2 Kings 6.16 Elisha says to his servant, as they are faced, surrounded with an enemy army, and it looks like they're surrounded on all sides, he says, do not be afraid, for there are more than on our side than there are on theirs. Do not be afraid. There are more on our side than there are on theirs. And in that moment, he asked God to open his servant's eyes, and his servant then saw the angel armies that surrounded Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The only fear that we are to have is a fear of the Lord, and that is not fear that destroys, and it is not fear that torments. Fear of the Lord is awe of who God is and how great his power is. It is awe of the fact that he can bring us into heaven and into the, a glorious place, that he can bless our life, that he is all-powerful. When we lose sight of who God is, we put more weight on who people are and what they can do to us. And the truth is that the only one that we need to look to or fear is the Lord, for he is the one that commands things. It says here, what can mere people do to me? They can't. God is greater. The Lord is for me. I will have no fear. That's what David says in Psalm 118.6. So how do we tackle that? We have to figure out what we're actually afraid of. Fear faced is fear destroyed. When we don't face fears that we have, they have the ability to run underneath the surface on autopilot without us even realizing it. So we have to face what's actually going on when we see certain patterns happening in our lives, when we see certain things happening, or when we feel a fear come up, instead of ignoring it or pushing it aside or reacting to it and letting it drive the car, so to speak, we have to say, wait a second, where is this coming from? And what does God say about this? And sometimes it means facing your fears head on. It means doing the exact thing that you're afraid to do. In fact, Most of the time it means that. But we need God's grace involved in that. We need to be able to ask God for help. We are greater. The spirit that lives in us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than any spirit in the world. And that includes the spirit of fear. So God is calling you to face things head on. He's calling you to face fears. He is saying, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I go with you. I don't abandon you. God never leaves you or forsakes you. It doesn't matter how much you mess something up. Maybe maybe you try something and you do mess up. But you know what? It doesn't matter. God is greater than all of our mistakes. We have to put our perspective on God. Because fear has power when we forget how big our God is. We have to remember the truth. Fear is a liar. What is the truth? God is for us, so no one can be against us. 
Even in our greatest mistakes, God's grace is sufficient. He is greater than our biggest mistakes. He gave his one and only son to die for us so that we might be saved because he loved us that much. He did that even seeing our mistakes, even seeing the sins. That is what Jesus died for, to atone for those things. But God was greater. God was greater. God still is greater. Put your eyes on the Lord. Put your focus on the Lord. Take it off the fear and put your focus on the Lord and recognize that Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. So the very thing that you're afraid of is the very thing that you need to know that God is greater than. And instead of letting fear drive the car, instead of letting fear steer the direction which you go, like like Oedipus's parents did, choose to tell fear to back off. Choose to tell the enemy to shut up. Choose to tell fear that it has no place. Come out of agreement with it and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I know that my God is greater and God has good things for my life. And I will not lose this opportunity. I will not lose this relationship. I will not lose the good things that God has for me because fear's a liar. I embrace all that God is bringing into my life and I will show up in power and in love with a sound mind. Fear faced is fear destroyed. We have to face it head on and come out of agreement with it. And I just want to give you one more tidbit to chew on before we leave today. Sometimes we have made habits and even inner vows in our hearts because of traumatic experiences we've gone through and fear was the driver when we did those things. And sometimes we have to face those specific things head on. So an example would be when I was very young, I basically stopped crying or showing emotion to other people because when I did, I, I was chastised for it. So I learned that it was unsafe to do that, and I stopped doing it. But the truth is that sharing feelings and emotions and vulnerability is not unsafe. The environment that I had been in was unsafe. And going through inner healing and deliverance, so inner healing is you know the counseling aspect, recognizing what has gone on, healing, those wounds from your past. Deliverance has to do with being actually delivered from demons, right? The two tend to go hand in hand because um, some often when there is brokenness in someone's life, it can allow a spirit in. It ha- leaves an open door for a spirit to get in or, you know, for the enemy to mess with our lives because the enemy is a legalist. So a spirit of fear would be an example of that. If someone is operating out of fear, it's because there's an open door and they need deliverance from fear. And we all deal with this at points. That's why we have to recognize it and come out of agreement with it. Because where we agree, we give the enemy access. So we say no to fear today. We say no to every bit of fear. And we do not allow the enemy access. But what I had to recognize in going through inner healing was that in doing that, in shutting down my emotions like I chose to do, it was like making a false inner vow. It was like coming into agreement with the enemy that my feelings weren't valid, that was a lie. Just like I said in the book, there are lies that sometimes we believe about ourselves. That was a lie. My feelings were valid. My experiences mattered. And they should be expressed with safe, healthy people. So shutting down those feelings was like 
coming into agreement with that lie. It was like coming into agreement with the fear of what would happen on the other end. So in going through inner healing, I had to repent of that. I had to apologize to God because even those hurts and pains, we don't realize that we're putting our faith in something other than God. But in that moment, I was putting my faith in my own ability to shut down my emotions and coming into agreement with a lie from the enemy. Whereas God's truth is so much better. He protects us. Well, I tried to protect myself by shutting down feelings. I was supposed to look to the Lord because God is the one that protects me. So in going through inner healing, and I'm sharing this because I encourage you to do this. This is part of inner healing and deliverance. This is part of breaking free from fear and shifting your life into a healthy and abundant place. I had to say, God, I am so sorry that I relied on myself to try to protect myself when I was younger. I am sorry that I believed the lie even for a second that my feelings weren't valid or that it wasn't safe to share them. I should have put my trust in you. I should have put my trust in you. God, you are my protector. You are my healer. You are the one that takes care of me and keeps me safe. Please forgive me. I thank you, God, that I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross you have already forgiven me and I ask you God to wash this place clean by the blood of Jesus Christ to show me who you are to show me your power and might God I put my trust in you I put all of my trust in you I put my hope in you I know God that you are faithful that you take care of me and I thank you Lord that I am safe because you are my strong tower so this is just an example it doesn't have to be those exact words, but that's kind of the gist. I had to recognize that God was greater than any of that that I went through and that he is the one that protects me and heals my heart. Not me, not anyone else, but God. God. So in facing these things, the most important thing is to look to God and know that God has given us power. Power even through the Holy Spirit, love, and a sound mind. And God gave us authority. He didn't just give us power. He gave us authority. You know that the enemy has no authority. God didn't give the enemy authority. The enemy still has power. God doesn't rebuke the gifts that are given. The enemy was once an angel and angels have power. But the enemy has no authority. So the only way the enemy can access things in our lives is if we give, if we give away our authority and we allow it. You have authority. It is written that God has given us all authority and power through Jesus Christ. So we have the power to destroy all of the works of the enemy. We have the power to destroy the all power of the enemy. We have the power to trample on snakes and scorpions, crushing them and not be injured. Which also means that we have the power to trample on fear and tell it to shut up and to stop messing with our lives. We have the power to look to God and recognize that he is greater than any fear that we face. We have the power to lean into God and to walk with love. It says power, love, and a sound mind. When we choose to walk with God in his power, when we choose to walk in love instead of fear, we make choices out of love, knowing 
that we could get hurt. There, there are times we could get hurt, but God is greater even than that. God is faithful to heal our hearts and bring us to the good future that he has for us, to bring us to the good plans that he has for us. God is so much greater than anything that we face, and he is greater than any fear. So when we choose to look to him and his power, when we choose to walk in love, even in his love, even knowing that that could be a risk, but that's God risks every day knowing that we can reject him and he still gives us the freedom to choose and he still loves us. When we choose to walk in that, we have a sound mind. Fear does not control us. Fear does not take the wheel and steer the car and we can move into the good plans that God has for us. So I want to leave you with that and I just want to pray us out today God, I thank you for each person that is listening. I thank you, God, that you are working in their hearts and minds, that you are revealing to them even fears that they may have buried, things that have messed with your plans for their life, God. I thank you that now you are revealing those things. And you aren't just revealing, God. You are giving them the tools and the power to crush those fears, to deal with those things. God, it is written that Jesus Christ came to set them free, to set all of us free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I decree that today you are awakening them and setting them free from all fear, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So they are free indeed. I thank you, God, that you are greater than any fear that any of us face, and that you are faithful to help us overcome the enemy, that you are faithful to tear down every lie with your truth, and that you, God, are faithful to bring the good things, the good promises that you have given us for our lives to pass. I decree that you have good plans for all of us, those everyone listening. You, God, have plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a future and a hope. So we thank you, God, that you are destroying every spirit of fear now in Jesus' name. I bind that foul spirit and I loose every listener from it. They are free, free indeed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, that you have good plans for their future and that you, God, direct their steps. I decree God's will be done in their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining me this week, everyone. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I have some exciting news also. I actually have a brand new music video coming out on Friday, June 3rd, so coming right up. And it is for the song Believe Again that is the intro to this show and the outro here. It's the first time since 2020 shutdowns we were finally able to get a video done. So I hope that you take time to check that out this week when it comes out on Friday. I am so excited to bless everyone with some new content. So have a wonderful week and I will see you next time.
to you.